Welcome to episode 7, season 10 of The Versatile Writer, providing support and encouragement to writers and creatives. I record my podcasts next to a sometimes open window in my office, which is next to a bird feeder and a road. So at times you'll hear birds flapping and chirping and vehicles whooshing by. I tend to feel the information shared within this podcast is more important than the polishedness of the tech. This is not one of those ultra-polished podcasts. It's kind of raw, which I like. I hope you do too. Please know you can subscribe to this podcast for free and have it arrive automatically when it's published. Please tell your friends and family. You never know, it might actually speak to them. You can also further the discussions of topics I raise here on the dedicated Facebook group. The link is in the show notes, or you can type the Versatile Writer Podcast Group into Facebook search bar. So here we go. Episode 7, L to M. I'm touching on life story, literary agent, memoirs, multi-genre, mental health and marketing. L is for life story. Just as it sounds, this is a story about someone's life. Depending on its structure and author, it might be a biography, an autobiography, a memoir, or simply life writing. I say simply, but if you've ever delved into the world of writing yours or somebody else's, there's generally nothing simply about it. I wrote my own life story, albeit a snapshot of it, about 20 years ago, and gave it a truly, if I do say so myself, snazzy title, which I won't share here, I encompassed around 10 years of my life within it, so technically not a life story, but the point of telling you this is while they can be truly difficult things to write for a number of reasons, they can also be quite therapeutic, and I believe that's what that one was for me. Although I will at some point go back to mine and add more recent happenings, I haven't yet. For another project, I began writing the story of my parents' early lives over a decade ago. It began with my mum's and then we stopped for some years, and recently picked it up again, and my dad's early life is now incorporated too. While there was no part of me that believed that this project might be an easy one, there are some easy bits about it. I know my parents, I know the kinds of people they are, I know how they recall memories and how much energy they have in their daily lives to put into this project. What I didn't know, and what took me by utter surprise, is that my mum, over the years, had collected, whether knowingly or not, a huge amount of her ancestors' birth, death and marriage certificates, military service booklets, an official certificate of bravery, photographic evidence of important and significant events and jobs, even a copy of a published book or two. To include all of this in her early years made a lot of sense because even though they're not about her, they were all connected to her and she had memories of those relatives, so they had been an active part of her early life. Generally speaking, however, when you write a life story, it's usually about the person, the subject. I do believe the major downside of this specific project is that, because of how my, my current workload is, the project has to fit into my schedule rather than me devoting all my time to it. It's not ideal. But if you wait for a better time, in inverted commas, it probably won't ever happen. These things have to be jumped upon. Over the past few months, I've spent one day a week interviewing my parents together and individually, capturing their memories on a voice recorder, scanning certificates and collating other important documents too. Ordinarily, with a client, I'd be incredibly structured, 
creating a timeline, a family tree and a book structure. With my parents, however, aside from me attempting to do this at the start, it just didn't evolve that way. And what has occurred is a large admin job within. It's going to be more work, but on the plus side, I have their memories on audio, their handwriting on slips of paper, and an organic structure has appeared. Like I said, it's not the way I generally work, and it has created more work in the long run, but the material I've collated so far, and bear in mind it's far from over, is both significant and precious. It's a funny thing about writing life stories. Many people believe their life is ordinary, and what about it could be worth recording? More so, who in their right mind would want to read it? But as I've just highlighted, I have official certificates, photographic evidence of significant events, and published books, all from one family. What could be ordinary about that? Another thing about life stories in general is that while most of us are deemed ordinary, much of these social and historical stories are lost to time, and that is a travesty. Many life stories are not appropriate for a wider public readership. Most will be perfectly right for the eyes of future generations. And that's what this one's for. If you've ever wanted to write the story of your life or your parents' lives, or that of another living relative, or even one that's not with us anymore, there are plenty of tips in my ghosting book. It's all about how ghostwriting happens and was written for those who want to hire one or those who want to become one. You can get a physical copy from me for just £5 plus postage by emailing me sarah at loveofbooks.co.uk. If you want a free PDF of it, email me and I'll send it out. There are heaps of tips inside from my personal experiences and has a lovely one-lined review on the front from famous ghostwriter Andrew Crofts. If you want to look at the picture of it, my site is www.loveofbooks.co.uk. Life writing is a slightly different aspect of life story writing because it's generally about your own life. If life writing is something you're interested in finding more about, why not take a look at my courses? You can find them on my site. One or two touch on creative non-fiction, which is the genre that life writing and life stories fall into. L is for literary agent. Literary agents are those people between you and the publisher, if indeed you've chosen to publish your work traditionally. In an ideal world, you'd submit your manuscript to them and they'd find a publisher to sell it to and they will do this for a percent of the published book. Literary agents do not charge you for anything, so you ought not be giving a literary agent any money. Do keep this in mind if you've discovered an agent who's promising you the world for X amount of pounds. If this has happened, they are not a literary agent, they are a vanity publisher. I'll talk more about vanity publishing in season 11 in V. In the meantime, you can get heaps of advice from Alliance of Independent Authors, Society of Authors, and if you're not a member of either, you can discover more through the podcasts of both, which are free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. I'll add their websites into the show notes, and from there you can navigate their respective podcasts. Let's move on to the M's now. We have memoirs, multi-genre, multiple genre, mental health and marketing. So, M for memoirs. As mentioned in Life Stories, this comes under the genre of creative non-fiction. They are the historical accounts written from personal knowledge and it's generally about an important or significant part of someone's life. M for multi-genre. 
I included this one because I'm one of those authors who writes in many different genres and a single story in multi-genres too. Let's start with different genres. I've always written stories that interested me rather than stayed within a genre and written only stories that fell into it. Some decades ago, I recalled reading an article that, if you read between the lines, seemed to look down on those who write across several genres. The tone was that doing this meant you were not, not likely to keep focus on one and so a literary agent or publishing house would not waste their time on you. At the time, I believed this was fact and an opinion held by everyone in publishing. But quite frankly, nowadays I've learned to embrace the skill of writing in different genres. Not everyone can do it. My take on this for the modern day writer is that if you write in different genres, there's no reason for an agent or publisher to actively avoid you. If your story is good and they feel they can sell it, there are ways around it. One obvious way is the use of a pen name for each genre. Over the years, I've written under the following genres. Romance and its subgenres, crime, thriller, suspense, gay fiction, children's, middle grade, young adult, science fiction and its subgenres, paranormal, fan fiction and supernatural. I've dallied with various types of non-fiction too. Regarding the multi-genre writer though, let's look into this one a bit more. Multi-genre means that several genres show up within the same story. Now, a good example of this is the TV show Firefly. I know I said a few seasons ago I wouldn't mention it again because I'd mentioned it to death, but, well, it's a good example. For context, the TV show was cancelled after the first and only season, but let's not get caught up in the reasons why here. Honest, I'll try not to dwell on it, and yes, it has been over 20 years, but it's still painful. If you know, you know. But the TV show gave way to a movie, and since then, a huge array of merch, books, graphic novels, fan fiction, clothing, events, you name it. Firefly was described by its writer as a western, but in space. A sci-fi western, actually. But within the episodes, and the novels, and the graphic novels, there are also strong elements of steampunk too. Although themes, these other genres appear in it too. Romance finds its way in, as well as war, religion, LGBT+, and the ad adventure genres. A magnificent example, then, of multi-genre. If you're big on writing across genres and multi-genres, why not get in touch via the Facebook page? And, as an aside, if you want to connect with others who are into Firefly or Serenity, I have a group for that too called Shiny Firefly Fans. I'll add the link in the show notes. The next M is mental health. Interestingly, mental health crops up an awful lot when talking about creativity and creative writing. It does seem to move hand in hand. I've been quite open about my mental health issues. I live with anxiety, varying levels depending on the day or hour on some days. I've also experienced depression. Although undiagnosed, I do align with about 80% of the symptoms associated with ADHD, that's Attention Deficit and Hyperactive Disorder, which probably ex explains the grasshopper mind I've touched on in earlier episodes of The Versatile Writer, and it also makes sense to the previous section on writing in multi-genres and across multiple genres. Supporting your mental health, that is the health of your brain, is vital for daily health. If you're struggling in any way, please do seek professional help. I'm in no way a medical professional, but I do find that regular exercise and a good sleep routine 
plus a healthy diet be the most beneficial way in keeping your brain happy. But we're not all made the same way. Some of us find other ways to reset our minds and binge watch horror movies or play video games while others go wild swimming. We're all different and we all require different ways to reset. Finding hobbies and interests though, as mentioned in episode 5, may provide your brain with all the nourishment it needs. But in my experience, never underestimate the benefits of a decent night's sleep. M is also for marketing. Marketing is our final topic in episode 7. In the context of writing and publishing a book, marketing usually begins when you start writing, because at that point you already know who your audience is, because you'll be choosing the genre to write in. It's that audience you'll be marketing to. Usually, we write in genres we like ourselves. I suspect mostly because we've, if we're writing a story, it'll take some time and we'll want to enjoy the experience. If we like, say, horror, we'll market it to other horror lovers. If we like romance, we'll market it to romance readers. Marketing to the appropriate audience is key. One thing I often do is write social media posts with teasers or breadcrumbs for other readers of X genre. Therefore, once it's published and ready to sell, these teasers and breadcrumbs will be setting the groundwork for ongoing marketing. Marketing has many flavours and some writers have original ways to market their books. The trick is to find which ones suit you and your books, and to find a twist to make it uniquely yours. Marketing might not only be about selling your book, it can also highlight to others that you write. Invariably, when people learn you're a writer, the next question is usually, what do you write? And there ensues a conversation that invites a, a miniature CV of sorts. Years ago, I had a tattoo drawn on my wrist. Although I didn't do it for marketing reasons, nor did I have it done for others' eyes to see as it is facing me and a personal reminder to me, people often see it, read it and ask about it. Thus, over time, it has become a rather original marketing tool. Please note that this is not in any way me suggesting you get a tattoo or any other permanent body art. Is purely an anecdote of something that was positive to me and turned out to be even more positive as time goes on. So that's all for this episode. I hope you got something out of it. We've touched on L and M, life stories, literary agents, memoirs, multi-genre and different genres, mental health and marketing. Do subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening to episode 7 L and M of The Versatile Writer.